Does it say it's recording at your end too? It does say it's recording at my end. We may um, just have a chat and it may never appear. Who the hell knows? There you go. That should, that should be fine. <laughs> I mean, I think, I'm pretty sure we did a lot of this in the in the pandemic, so I think it should be all right. Cool, man. Um, hang on one second. That's all right. You're all good. Hey, kids, can you pop upstairs <laughs> for half an hour? You can take my phone. <laughs> no, just just for half an hour. My kids are determined to. They said we're going to get on the call. We're going to come and say hello. Oh, they so, can come and say hello just yeah, to annoy oh, you. They, they they can come down and say hello just to annoy me. Come and say hellos now, and then you can go upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Um, cool. So yeah, so I'm in yeah. a I'm in a tiny little music room uh, because the sounds good. Except then the I, heater just came on. Okay. See, and I now, just turned my fans down here. It's the other way I'm around. Sweating. Um, I'm going to start sweating, and there'll probably be a low annoying hum. Can you hear my low annoying hum? No. Okay. Well, that's no. good. Yeah, I've just I've just put the aircon on. We're we're in a a boxy little um, riverside. I, I guess you call it a house in. <laughs> It's it's uh, and it's funny. So, so we're in we're in Malacca, which is in southern Malaysia. Yep. Do you know much about Malacca? No, no. Okay. I looked but, it up last night when you told me, and I was like, oh, okay. I know yeah. cities around it, but I've never okay. heard of it. So, so Malacca is it, it was the it was the precursor to Singapore as a, as a trading settlement in on the Straits on the on the Straits of Malacca, which are named right. after the town, and. So it's got a real history, yeah. And so it's Portuguese, Dutch, British, as as many places, as many trading ports were. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we arrived here yesterday in this little beautiful little laneway with like a Chinese goldsmith, and a cafe with a guy who cares for disabled cats, um, a shop selling torn jeans for three dollars a pair i don't know just, just this random little laneway and then yeah. we went out for a walk and dinner and we came back and it transformed into a into bar street you know like there was tables right. set up everywhere there was music and it was it was it was pretty noisy but um and and the beds were hard and i've never slept so well in my life <laughs> it was awesome so ah oh, so yeah. what we, we'll have to get around to like where, why you're in Malaysia at the moment and yeah, why sure. you're in Singapore and all of that stuff. Are you still, I think the last time I spoke to you or one of the times before, sorry, I might as well introduce this is Tom Griffith. Um, he's been on a podcast a few times. Um, I think you introduced me to the term the trailing spouse. Are you still, is oh, that what's yeah, happening yeah, yeah. again? Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Uh, they don't say trailing spouse. What do they say now? There's another name for it. Um, accompanying spouse. Oh, okay. That's right. Perhaps. Because you were in, yeah. uh, I think the last time I spoke to you when you were overseas was Sri Lanka. So, but, um, yeah. Yeah. So, how, yeah. How long have you been in Singapore? Just over a year. So we, right. we, we came last April just after pandemic restrictions had been lifted in Singapore, right. which was a yeah. good time to come. So for two years, it was in a, probably a harder lockdown than Australia right. to the degree that, um, so, so, so interestingly, the, the workforce is, is very much, um, kind of filled, filled out with overseas migrants, especially, uh, Malaysians. 
So there, yeah. there's something like 300 Malaysian people cross the border every day to come and work in Singapore. Right. Um, and some of those Malay Malaysian people got stuck in Singapore for the two years of lockdown. Jeez. They weren't even allowed to sort of go home. Um, you know, it's it's like a 30 meter, more than that, a 300 meter bridge. You know, like <laughs> it's not yeah. exactly. You know, it's a few kilometers away. Yeah. And, right. um, yeah. So it was a pretty hard lockdown. Right. And um, yeah, so we came we came just when that had all lifted, and and it's been a great year. Uh, yeah, and um, was it? Did you leave in a hurry? Because I don't remember knowing that you were leaving, and then all of a sudden yep. you sent me a message that was like, oh, "I really enjoyed your latest podcast, riding around my on my bike yeah. in Singapore." And I was like, "What's going on?" Yeah, it did, it did happen very quickly. Um, we it, it was during it was last January. Yeah, and I was camping with the kids. It was, it was school holidays, and I was camping down uh, on the south coast. Uh, near to somewhere, near to a beach. Um, yeah. And uh, we were out on a car trip to a lighthouse in, I'm going to say it was in Ben Boyd National Park or somewhere around there, you know, that, that sort of area. Yeah. And on a dirt road, and I got this message from my wife just saying, I think it just sort of said, we got Singapore. And then like, uh, no, it was, it was a phone call. She said, we got Singapore. And then she went out of signal. And I drove around for about half an hour on this dirt road trying to find a place with signal so we could just clarify what that meant. And, um, and we were asked to, to move over within a week. Right. This is before term one had started. And we, we negotiated it to give us the term to get there. So we, we kind of had about a 10-week turnaround once we found out to get there. And it was all, yeah, it was just all very rapid. Um, wow. I'd, I'd started a... I hadn't yet started a, a, a kind of temporary promotion position and had to, before I'd even started it, tell my work that I couldn't do it. Uh, Far out. Because we're moving countries. Yeah, so it, 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 it all happened very fast. Um, <laughs> it sounded like your wife was uh, channeling the British Empire at one point there, saying, we got Singapore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. <laughs> Right. So yeah, it all happened quickly. And then, yeah. so what are you doing in Singapore? So I'm, yeah, so I'm teaching. Um, I've, I've crossed to the dark side of teaching. <laughs> I, I call it an international school rather than a private school. Right. Uh, yes. I'm, interestingly, there's a, there's a huge, there's a lot of, there's a lot of international schools in Singapore and there's even an yeah. Australian school. There's a, there's a couple of cities in the world which have Australian schools. Yes. Uh, which is rare because normally they're British schools or American schools. Yeah, I, w I, I think we would still probably be living in Japan if there was an Australian international school yeah. there because you couldn't, you couldn't, uh, there was a Canadian one close to us. Mm. But they, when I inquired about getting a job there, they're like, look, you're qualified, but we have a quota where, you know, like 85% of the staff have to have trained in Canada. And right, the, uh, okay. 15, the fifteen percent who are here, they're not leaving anytime soon. So, yeah, okay. so like you can wait them out, but yeah, it's a it's a long time when people get a job there. I think okay. that's very interesting. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't think there's any any dearth of Australians in Singapore. That and, and it's <laughs> it's really weird. You you step in, and and I, I feel like the Australian school is almost it's almost a little bit of a time portal to the two thousands to a two thousands Australian school in a yeah. way. So it's very sports um, focused, uh, which I guess is the way it differentiates itself as well, because the Singapore system is quite academic. 
Yeah. So I think one way you can differentiate is to is to have sort of more recreational time or more sports time, uh, and it does a it does a kind of mixture of Australian curriculum, yeah, international baccalaureate, HSC, and uh, IGCSE. So it's kind of got its, this this hybrid curriculum. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like a, a lot of the students are Australian, a lot of the teachers are Australian. Um, there's there's uh, you know Aboriginal uh, art, you know generic Aboriginal art print up around the place. There's yeah, um, yeah it just it, and and when you walk around the corridor, that that buzz you get, that those voices chattering, it, it sounds very Australian. And uh, yeah, anyway, so I'm, I'm working there as, as as an English teacher at the moment. Yeah, uh, I've been there for a term. So just finished my first term. So we're, we're on school holidays. We have a four week middle of the year holiday, which is lovely. I I, I think for there's a lot of Northern Hemisphere kids, so a lot of them right. want to go back to Europe or North America or China, and so it's an opportunity for them to go during the summer. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we have a nice big break. Uh, yeah. Wow. And what were you doing before that? Or were you just? I was. Um, it's been a term. Yeah. So so I did I did relief work for six months. Oh, okay. And that was really great because I could just sort of choose my days. Um, so I was doing sort of maybe one or two days a week. Yeah. Uh, some some weeks busier, uh, especially when there was a COVID case in the school. Um, you know, they'd say, oh, can you do a whole week? <laughs> okay, <laughs> someone's got COVID. Um, but, uh, and, and, and while I was doing that, I was just kind of exploring Singapore, uh, trying to check out. I mean, so Singapore has a bit of a reputation as, it's, it's definitely, I mean, and, and I feel it coming across to Malaysia because it does feel a lot earthier here, yeah. uh, you know, motorbikes going the wrong way down the street with three people on them uh <laughs> you know uh rats running across the road uh, I, think, I think i saw a dead monkey on the on the highway yesterday you know like stuff stuff like that a, l- a little bit more it does feel a bit more like asia yeah and, and, and you realize Sing- oh, yeah, singapore is it, it is definitely in its in its march to, to you know to, to modernity to progress has become a very sort of clean and uh, streamlined city. Yeah. But part of my little kind of challenge has been to find the corners of Singapore that are a little bit different, a little bit, a little bit untouched, perhaps. So, so it's a little yeah. sterile, you mean? Like, I hesitate to the... say sterile because there's definitely an underbelly, and there's definitely still a bit of an edge. And right. what, what what I call it is um, predictable. It's very okay. predictable. Yeah. So things work as exactly as they're supposed to work. Uh, trains are on time and they're clean, and uh, the air conditioning's on and cold and blasting in every building. And uh, people behave as you would like them to behave. You know, like yeah. you, you're not being approached by some crazy beggar in the street who's going to throw a, a curveball at your day. You know, this this interactions are very predictable, even. Yeah. Um, which is great sometimes, but then sometimes you kind of crave a little bit more. Like, oh, where's and, and you know, one of the nice things is you can cross over to Malaysia very easily and get and get that little, you know, little burst of Asia. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's the the it's very similar, like I was saying, very similar to Japan, where mm. everything sort of is measured and runs well. But you're sort of like, ah, okay, yeah, what happens when more. unpredictable things happen here? Well, yeah. they don't. Yeah, but yeah they do. It. Well, no, they don't. But yeah. that's, surely they do. Um, I mean, and I so so my my I've actually got my dad visiting at the moment, and and uh, we've we've had a couple of weeks, and it's been nice evening times to go out and to 
sort of show him bits of Singapore that he's never seen before because he's he's been a few times in the past. Yeah. So the other night we went to Geylang and Geylang Road is perhaps that back in the day it was the red light district of Singapore and still is. There's still actually a legal red light district. And it's just got that little, you know, the, the buildings are a bit, um, the, the, you know, concrete, d- dirty concrete buildings, um, lots of guys with, with tats and cigarettes in their mouth. Um, <laughs> we, we went to a, a, a frog porridge, a famous, it's famous for its frog porridge, uh, Galing Road. So a frog porridge store. And, you know, there was clattering dishes and there's people everywhere, clouds of smoke. And I just walked in just to have a look at the kitchen and the, and the, and the Serving lady shouting, what are you having? Take away, eat here, what do you want? I was like, I'm just looking, just looking. And I looked into the kitchen, there's a guy just with a, a blood splattered apron and his job at the back, he's standing over a big bin. I think he was just cutting up the frogs. I was like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so so is frog porridge exactly what it sounds like? Yeah, it's, it's, it's stir-fried frog with a bowl of congee. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I, haven't, I haven't tried it. I'm, uh, yeah, maybe wow. one day. <laughs> to be able to have to speak. Yeah. Oh, God. So yeah, so, so just finding little things like uh, the other thing we did um, a couple of days ago is we went to uh, north side of Singapore. There's a place called the Keblin Baru Bird Singing Club, uh, and the closest analogy I can think of is maybe uh, had elements of the Greyhounds, perhaps mixed yeah. with like an RSL or. Uh, or, or a lawn bowls, lawn bowls club. So <laughs> okay, a bunch, yeah. bunch of old fellas. There's like a little park, bunch of old fellas, and and these big poles, maybe like three hundred poles, about five meters tall, and like a little, almost like a flag setup. You know, like when you raise a flag, but instead of raising a flag to the top of this pole, you raise a bird cage, and inside each bird cage is a zebra dove or a couple of zebra doves, and uh, we were having a chat to one of the guys. They said, "Well, what what happened to us?" Is well, we bring our birds from home. We raise them up the pole and they sing and we sit down here and we, we smoke cigarettes and talk. I was like, cool. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So I think there's only one of these clubs left in Singapore. Uh, but, you know, it was a little bit of a window into an old Singapore, you know, this kind of old Chinese tradition of, of, of bringing your birds along and they have wow. bird singing competitions and... Um, yeah, there's, you know, there was one guy who got his bird down and he, and he had it squeezed in his hand and he was like force feeding it some seeds or something and just as he <laughs> chatted to his mate. And, uh, and I think also there's an element there of um, because Singapore was mostly villages in, until about the, certainly until the 50s and, 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 and even until the 80s, there were still what are called kampongs or like, you know, wooden houses, single story wooden houses. Yeah. Um, that in when they were destroyed, demolished, and replaced with high-rise public housing, one of the things that Singapore lost was the, that social element of village life where you sit around in a deck chair, the chickens are running around, the kids are playing. Um, so they tried to replace that with, the, with with other community life. So that's why hawker centres are so important, the, the big food-eating halls, right. because you've replaced these villages with small apartments, often with a very small kitchen. Uh, where families, small families live and, and don't get to socialise. So the idea is that if you make the kitchen small, people will go downstairs and eat at the Hawker Centre. The food is cheap. Yeah. Uh, there's communal seating. So you're kind of forced to sit near to other people and, and, you, and you talk and you drink. So that's also where you buy your beers and, and you know, sit and have a, a social drink. Yeah. So things like that were kind of introduced partially to increase employment 
partially to keep the place clean. So rather than having roving guys with trolleys serving food, you had them all in one place. Right. And then partially to, to create social life. So quite clever. Um, but I think when you, the other thing that people lost was, was garden space and, and greenery. So no yeah. one had a garden, right? 80, 85% of Singaporeans live in public housing. Nine, 95% of Singaporeans live in apartments. Wow. So there's very few gardens. So anything where there's a garden element, such as sitting around watching birds sing, is, <laughs> is, is really valuable. So yeah. Yeah. So there's those little corners that, that, that I've sort of discovered, which are really nice. And, and, and you realize that um, Singapore has a bit of a, a more varied kind of, I don't know, things, things to see and do rather than just like the things in the city where, where the tourists are funneled yeah so have have people talked to you about you're talking about all the like they're all living in apartments like how was the severe lockdown for them then like mm. that must have been you take that away it's, yeah when you speak to people they they talk about the pandemic in a more traumatized way they said oh, i'd imagine you know, like, the lockdown was was hard the lockdown was um well i think one of the things that so, so it's, a, it's a culture that's very used to to rules and and regulations, yes, it's famous for its fines and its and its kind of disciplinarian culture. Um, so I think when people were told do this, do that, they followed. You know, like you're going to wear, wear a mask at these times in these places. Uh, there was lots of you, you still see around in anywhere where there's public seating the, the old tape of a cross of one of the seats crossed out so that you know to yeah, you had the space, yeah, yep. Um, but one of the things that happened is as, as there was the sort of ebb and flow of COVID cases, the numbers of people that could, that could you know, go out changed. So sometimes it would be five, sometimes it would be two, sometimes it would be, I guess, ones. And so people said it got very tiring because you'd be like, just back to like, okay, we can sit in a group of five and have dinner. And then it was back to two again. And, and, and that was literally like, you couldn't take the kids out. It was like, well, who's going out to dinner? Me, me, and one other kid. So now going out, and then Jeez, yeah, and then the other, the other parent, and the other kid, yeah. Um, and so that and that was enforced. They had they had they had lockdown monitors at, especially again, mainly centered around food culture, public transport, places where when you live in yeah when you live in apartments, these places are important. Um, schools had very tight restrictions. So we we were still masking until about I say until about August. Wow. Uh, at schools. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's kind of a little bit later than Australia. Everything got lifted, but even even today, you still see a lot of people wearing masks, even outdoors. Yeah. It's not it's not essential anymore. It's, it's not it's not um, it's not a, a regulation anymore. Yeah. Um, but people are, I think, again, living cheek by jowl. Yeah. It was kind of a mask culture anyway. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, Japan yeah. was very much, yeah. especially in winter or hay sure. fever season. Yeah. It was just everyone in masks anyway. So mm. yeah, that would have been easy transition. But yeah, geez, mm. living. In yeah, I think it was it was tough. And um, but again, like they could have they could have gone full. We're going to lock down everything, and you stay in your house. But I, th I think they were sensible enough to say that we can't do that. We've got to keep the economy going because because food is so essential to the economy. We've yeah. got to keep the hawker centers and the restaurants and the and the coffee towns open. But in a way that is sensible, so so maintain employment and socialization and 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 basic nutrition. So as I say, like a, a lot of Singaporeans don't use their kitchens very much. Yeah, we've had friends who've moved into places and said, like that they moved in 
to an apartment that was say 10 years old and the the, the shrink wrap was still in the oven and <laughs> you know like wow. it's, it's like and, and ovens aren't aren't big in in a lot of asian cooking anyway yeah. it's more that it's more the the gas hob you know not not a baking kind of culture at times no but, uh, but still that, that's uh, you know as someone who uses their kitchen a lot that sound, always sounds a bit weird that that um so so yeah so like much more of a culture of going out and, and not feeling guilty to go out for every meal okay because meals are cheap you know three four five bucks for a plate of food it's 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 not um doesn't seem uh kind of excessive to go out that much and how how are the kids finding singapore <laughs> yeah i think they i think they really like um you know that they find I think being outdoors can be a little bit oppressive at times. It's, all, it's always hot. It's one of those, it's right. always hot. Um, it's funny as we, when we crossed the border yesterday and it was, it was, a, it was an overcast rainy day yesterday and we got out the car and I went, oh, it's cool today. And it was probably like 29, <laughs> but because of a little bit of cloud and a little bit of mist in the air, it felt chilly. Um, oh, dear. So you kind of notice those, those gradations between 27 and 33 yeah. in, in a way that you wouldn't, um, ordinarily, uh, I think they yeah. So I think when they're at home, they just want to sort of get get in the pool or just kind of chill out in the house in the aircon. Um, you know, they have busy days at school. They really enjoy their school. There's lots of extra extracurricular stuff. There's lots of music. There's lots of art. Uh, they they've made some good friends. Uh, they enjoy yeah. Like we've managed to do a fair bit of travel, uh, which is good. It's a good good hub for that. Yeah, uh, we've had visitors again. It's a good hub for visitors who are just passing through and say, oh, "We'll have a couple of days on the way to Europe." Yeah, I guess British. so. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so they had three of their grandparents in town last week on the same day, which is interesting. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Just, Don't just you ever, sort of, ever yeah, had that coincidentally? Yeah, I know. That's uh, weird. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think they really like it, and they love they love the food and the and uh, just the excitement of being somewhere a bit different. Yeah, yeah I bet. So, are they the same school you're at, or is it? Yeah, they are. Yeah, right. they are. Which is, which again is strange. And 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 so the way things work, it's it's a little bit different as an international school. So I worked at one in Sri Lanka where eighty percent of the students were Sri Lankan, uh, because basically, if you if you could pay the fees, you you could go wherever you wanted. Whereas here, because of the strong culture of, uh, I guess, inculcating a national identity. It's, yeah. You have to go to a local school, and then you have to do your national service if you're if you're if you're a male, uh, and so it's very hard to actually get to attend an international school if you're Singaporean. There are a few, but the majority of our students are Australian and Chinese, mainland Chinese. Right. Uh, and so, uh, and then working as, as as a teacher, working as a uh, yeah as a non Singaporean is can be complicated. So they've changed a lot of the visa rules uh, and it's hard for accompanying spouses to get any work if they're not diplomats. So okay. basically a, a lot of the families you meet from overseas are single income. So they'll have okay. one of the, one of the parents works or one of the, one of the adults works and the other one just can't get employment. Whereas as a diplomatic spouse, I can get employment quite easily, oh, okay. but then you're tied to one place of employment and you know, there's a variety of schools I guess I could go to, but every school has different holidays. So American schools mm -hmm. tend to do American holidays, Canadian school does Canadian holidays, British school does British and so forth. So we stick to Australian holiday times. Okay. Which makes it very easy. I think if I worked in a different school, we'd be constantly out of kilter yeah, on right. 
start and finish times and holidays. Kids are be on holidays, you be yeah, at work. Which would make life really difficult. Yeah. Far out. So, so does that mean you, have, you still have a big break at Christmas? Yeah, we still have. You go back a little earlier than, than home. Yeah. Probably, I think we're probably off from about, let's say, the 15th of December to the 20th of Jan. Right. So it's still a good watch, like five weeks or something. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. And we get two weeks, October, two weeks, April. So wow. we get, I guess we get two, almost two weeks extra holidays. Uh, yeah. But yeah, as I, as I was saying, like my, most of, a lot of the staff, their kids go to the school and it's very, it's very normal to see staff interacting with their, with their children at school. Yeah. Um, so I'll pop down and see my daughter. She, she's, in the, in, she's in the high school, which is on the same timetable as me. Um, my son's in the, in the primary school. And I'll, I'll pop down. I'm on break. I'll pop down and see Lucy and we go down. I'll sit with her for a few, few moments and then she'll say, okay, <laughs> bye-bye. See you later. But, you know, it's, it's really nice just to sort of have that. It, it, it felt weird at first, but because so many people do it and it's just considered normal that lots of the teacher's kids are there. Yeah, it's just oh, it's just another place we, we we hang out and bump into each other, which is which is cool. Um, right, it's the opposite yeah. here. My, my I've got to get out of this college before my daughter gets here. She yeah, that's it. That yeah, perfectly yeah, yeah. clear. Yeah, I, I yeah I don't yeah don't blame me for doing that. But yes, yeah, I think it's just a different culture. It wouldn't wouldn't work in in back in Australia. But so you were you were saying that like the it has a two thousands vibe. Do you yeah. are there people there that? I can't remember the term for it, but I remember talking to a lot of people who are like, you know, first generation Australians and they say that their parents, like when you move to another country, you sort of get rigid in the culture and traditions or the, even the, I guess the, the structures that were in place when you left. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. You kind of, you, you take your culture with you as it was yeah and, and it's frozen in time yeah yeah exactly yeah i think i think so so there's a, a huge number of australians in singapore i'm not sure of the numbers but i want to say a hundred thousand like it's huge yeah and um yeah you do see it's p- part of what you see is that there's they still bring their sporting identity so like you see either the afl or the or the nrl tops you know say, oh, okay sydney or melbourne or um <laughs> and people talk about that they talk about the city they're from you know, so that, that's peppered into conversation to make it clear that oh, I'm a Melbourne person, I'm a Sydney person, I'm a Perth person, whatever it is. So yeah. kind of your location is important. Um, when I say the 2000s, I, I kind of feel more like it's weird. It's more like just the way there's just a kind of slight more, I want to say slightly more blokiness to the culture. Yeah. And, and, and it's a little bit, it hasn't quite gone through the nuances of, of you know, well, I say that it's 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 a very gender diverse you know gender diverse school. Um, yeah. we, we had a we had a the last day of term, which was Friday. We had a international like a cultural festival, and you could come to school dressed in your in your culture, you know, dressed wherever it was. And uh, there was there was one girl wearing one of those inflatable dinosaur costumes. And I said, oh, I said I went to her and said I said the dinosaur culture is a really beautiful culture. And she just looked at me and said, she said I'm representing Pangaea. I was like, that's that's cool. Um, <laughs> But uh, there was, you know, there, there was, there was, there were students dressed in um, dress. You know, there, there were students who I thought were male who who identify as female, and 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 they were dressed in, you know, dresses and things. So, so okay, cool. Um, the school uniform didn't didn't allow for that, but on this particular right. day, 
there was an allowance and in, in a culture that's quite conservative like Singapore. I was like, okay, cool. So I think there's more going on under the surface. Again, it's, it's very under the surface in this country or in, yeah. in Singapore. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like it, it is, it, I think a lot of the teachers at the school trained and started work maybe in the 2000s, 1990s. And then I've moved to, to Singapore. And unlike other international schools where the staff, it's a turnover, like two, four years, everyone moves on, there's new people. A lot of these teachers have been there for 10, 15 years. Yeah. Uh, it's more of a place where people settle with their families. And, and so, yeah, I, I, that's where I feel that kind of little bit of a time warp happens. Is that right. These are people who maybe started their career in, say, you know, around the same time as me, 20 years ago or so in, in a school, in a suburban school, and now I've like trans translated that, you know, trans transported that over to this new setting. But then saying that there's a lot of staff from Singapore, there's staff from other countries, there's people coming and going all the time. So it's, it does have a, a, a fluid feel as well. Yeah. yeah. And the, the question I always ask, especially people who teach overseas is any, any change in accent? Like, do you talk to people at home? Do they notice any change in your accent? Is there a, a softening? I guess if you're in an in Australian school, maybe mm. the change isn't that I, much. I think I haven't, I haven't been there long enough. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, like, one what, what of the things I did in, in, in Sri Lanka is I got the head wobble. You know, like, I'd, <laughs> I'd use that all the time. Yeah. Um, or I, there was this, almost this kind of pigeon I introduced in my language where I was just a bit more direct, especially when I was talking to, to Sri Lankan people. I just cut out the extraneous words, which didn't need, didn't achieve anything just to say oh yeah you know you got coffee you know like whatever like oh, hello sir do you have any you know like, i just sort of use the words that were necessary yeah but but i mean the big one in singapore is la you, you pepper your conversation with la la is like it's like like right but it's also like yeah <laughs> um they also use it in malaysia so you say like um oh, now i can't think of an example but uh oh you know i went to malaysia la you know, right. like it's just a it's just an extra word you're throwing, but I I don't do that. You know, people do it as a yeah. joke almost, but the only people who can truly do it are Singaporeans and, and Malaysians. Like, right. it's it's natural. Whereas uh, uh, for anyone else, it, it's it's a pose, it's an affectation, <laughs> and I haven't affected it yet. Um, yeah, so no no change, and um, I, yeah, but what's what's weird is is the is is you hear Australian accents everywhere. You hear right. them everywhere here. Um, yeah, it cuts through pretty quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, the, the area around the school, it's just, it's just in a suburb, you know, it's like it's a suburb, say, 8K from the city centre, which isn't particularly, doesn't have any sort of particular identity. It's just a pretty, a pretty vanilla suburb. But people, some people call it Little Sydney or Little Melbourne because there's that many families that live close to avoid having to commute to the school. Right. And so you see if, you know, Let's say one percent of the population is Australian. It's enough that you you that you notice. But yeah, right. Um, Hear it everywhere. See it everywhere. That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, they're loud. Loud buggers. <laughs> they are loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wherever you are in the world, yes. Yeah. Like, oh God, this is, yeah, Australian. Yeah, but yeah, weird. And the the Australian accent sort of, I don't know. It's um, it's fairly generic. Like, I, I don't know. I'm I mean, sure I. I I, yeah, I like to think I can pick up accents and, and, you know, often if I meet someone from England, I'll say, oh, you're from the north or yeah. I could even sometimes go, that sounds, that sounds very Geordie or that sounds like, you know, Manchester area, you know, I could yeah, living I could in Leeds, there's always some yeah. indicators. Um, whereas like I, I still can't do that with Australian, it, it no. maybe to the degree of like country, city. 
Yeah, I, would, I think you can find it the, the further north. There's mm. the further but north I, I, you go, I, I, maybe. But yeah, yeah it's I pretty... couldn't. Pla- I couldn't place one. It's 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 too soft and too. Yeah, too. I don't think there's enough. Uh, maybe a, an expert linguist could figure it out, but yeah, I, I still can't tell. Saying you don't have enough history, mm. and you sort of. I don't know. I think, I, I think the history of it is is so short for mm. the for the mm. old whiteies, but also I think like once mass media started, you know, in the 1900s, we weren't an old enough country to have your own developed pocket. So then yeah. everyone's sort of hearing the same. And, and perhaps the degree of movement, you know, it's a very transient culture and, and yeah. the constant intermixing of people from different cities Yeah, in a way that, you know, in, in old Europe that it had become. That is true. England, yeah. they don't, they don't, you know, people don't leave the village really. Yeah. Even now it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? People used to find it strange that we travel from London to Birmingham to visit relatives. Yeah. It's, it's a two and a half hour drive. Yeah. Like Australians yeah. will do that for a day trip, you know. Well, we, I, I remember telling students, like if they said, what do you do? And I go, I went to London on the, on the weekend. They're like, mm. whoa. Yeah. Big I've smoke. Ne- never been. You're like, it's yeah, literally have. an hour wow. on the train, but they've yeah. never been. Wow. Um, even like yeah, you know the distance, just having a you know it has to be transient country. Mm. But mm. you know I remember going to from Northampton to Newcastle on time for Christmas one year for New mm. Year's, and asking someone at school like how how far is the drive, and he was like, "Woof, that's a long drive. It's um I think about four hours." And I was like, "Okay," yeah. uh, and he said, "Oh, well, like what's a long drive in Australia?" And I said, "I don't know, probably." Yeah. Oh, eight, eight plus is yeah, a long yeah, drive. Yeah. And he said, no, four-hour drive, you take a picnic and make a day of it. And you're like, okay, that's so strange. But that's how, how it yeah. is. They're just, mm. they, um, mm. that's yeah, where it's accents yeah, come it's from, been, right? In, yeah, that's it. Um, the, the, the valley separates you and you have different accents, yeah. Yeah, even even an hour away. Um, all right, well, I'll, I'm going to have to let you go because I've got to go and do some stuff for for, for my job. <laughs> no worries. Man. Yeah, so, so, so you're actually at... When you, I know you're in the building, but you're, you guys aren't on holiday. No, no, this is the last week. Uh, so oh, I'll cool. steal away any chance I get to. Okay. to you got the, holiday plans? Um, I think uh, not a lot. My real plans are being alone for a couple of days. That'll be exciting. I think awesome. The, the I, wife's taking the kids to see Beauty and the Beast like in Sydney and... And, uh, a little frisson of excitement at the point. Yeah, how exciting. I'm going to have two just, days to by myself. I, That's never I happened. I dream of these things, yeah. It's just I can't – I literally – I'm guessing it's probably, oh, I don't know, I don't know, eight years maybe since I had like two days on yeah. my own at home. It's yeah. – uh, Go to the library the day before, take out 16 books. Right? I'm going to get through these. I, the problem is, like, I have a, I don't know if you're the same, I have a difficulty uh, having, like, that much time to relax in. Mm. And so, like, what could I do? So as soon as I start thinking about all I could do, oh, I've, I've come up with, like, 12 days' yeah. worth of activities I could That's do it. in the two days. And, and How stressed. about I just sit on the lounge and, yeah, yeah eat eat Stress, I can't get through all this culture. That's right. Yeah. Like, I want to do all this stuff. Maybe I could go to the gallery. How many movies could I see? <laughs> Maybe I'll just, oh, like, just... I don't need to sleep. No. How about you just, you know, get some cheese and just sit down <laughs> and eat it? Like, it doesn't have to be... Well, Block of cheese the size of a car. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's gonna. That's living. That's exactly what it should be. Anyway, all right, Tom. Um, Probably I, I, was, it's so I good had to all speak this to stuff you. to talk to you about music, yeah. but oh, before Sorry. I go, um, are you going to get Paul McCartney's book with his photos? Oh man, you know what? Um, so I, I recently 
moved away from Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Just it was too much. There was there was the fan episodes, right? Some of those one hour TED episodes with people I've never heard of. And then <laughs> yep. it's still on my feed. And then yesterday yep. when it popped up Sir Paul McCartney, I was like, oh man. Okay. <laughs> so we listened to him on the drive uh, yep. to Malacca and I was like, yeah, I've got to get that book. Because <laughs> he's describing the images. And yeah. Conan O'Brien said, this image, amazing photo. John's, you know, John's having a cigarette. And Dad would turn around to me in the car and say, yeah, it's good, isn't it? Because you couldn't see it. We're just imagining the photo. Yeah, it's like, like look at it. It's want... candid. Yeah, you never yeah, see photos yeah, like yeah, this. And you're like, yeah. oh, God. I was like, I need this book. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was the same. Answers, yes. Came up yesterday. I haven't I've listened to a bit of it. And I'm like, no, oh, God. I'm going to have to find this book. It's probably yeah. re- amazingly overpriced, the, I'm sure. The best thing is Paul's not telling the same old stories about him. And no, John. that's true. Right. Which is, I think that's the measure of a great interviewer is when they can draw Paul. If you can make Paul McCartney tell a new story. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Like uh, on uh, like YouTube or Instagram or something like that, it'll be like, Paul tells a story. And you're like, yep, yeah, I know. Yep, yeah, I yeah. know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, we've heard that. But yeah, you're right. It's 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 him like talking about uh starting out really. Yeah. Which is why which is why I'm waiting for the that oh, I can't I can't remember the name of the book. That massive Beatles book that came out. Oh, bloody hell. The, the anthology? Uh, no, no, no. The um oh Jesus. Oh, the, not the one, called? not not Paul's lyrics one. No, no, it came out probably 2017. And it was and it was part one of Three oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark Lewis and yeah, yeah. Mark Lewis's uh, book, tune like when turn off, tune out, one of those. Yeah, has yeah. he done it's the, the first... second one yet? Because I want he, the second on one. I heard an interview with him recently. I think it's he's putting the finishing touches to number two because that was supposed to be 2019 or something like that. So, you, you know, there's certain people you just you're willing them to stay alive and be healthy yes. for, for many more years. Well, this is the them, yeah. this is the reason because I, I think with the Beatles, the things I know the least about is that 62 to 63 period yeah, okay. of them yeah. you know, in the documentaries is because no one they weren't being followed all the time mm. there's no footage of them that yeah. much playing is like oh then they did a massive tour of england and by the end of it they were the biggest thing in in the country and you're like that's it like they yeah. don't really go into that much detail so hopefully this that's what i'm really interested in looking at is, is yeah that build up in england because that's that's always under report i mean once they got to america it's everywhere because they've just yeah. followed but the uh, actual documentation of the rise of it what what that was like on the day-to-day you know there's yeah. all the stories you're driving down lying on top of each other to keep warm to keep but, warm yeah, yeah that's a good one yeah. that's classic. but you just want yeah just so much more of those uh mm. of that well, an interesting part of the interview with conan is paul talking about living in london yeah and they're just becoming big and moving into jane ash's house from right. the mayfair they had the mayfair apartment and uh, and just yeah, as I I'd always wondered about that. Like, why did he move into her apartment and live in the attic? And <laughs> yeah, and lives some, in that tiny yeah, attic. And there's some good stories actually. He tells about that. So yeah. I, I like uh, as always, we're advertising more Beatles stuff. Yeah, to more go Beatles products. And, and, and of course, of course, the AI song that's coming out later this year. Oh God! Made of breath. <laughs> Can't wait for that. Yeah, geez. Slightly <laughs> auto-tuned and horrible. Yeah, and George would have loved what we did with George. <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, I'm wondering what they put on there. Just, just, just Paul playing some slide guitar, saying, "Well, it sounds like George." I mean, (laughs) just what's Ringo doing? Is he just on a tambourine or something? Oh my god, it's just terrible. All right, well, thanks. All right, man. So nice to speak to you. Yeah, nice to see you. I'll see you on the music league. Yeah, man. Thank you. (laughs)